All right. Hey, welcome inside the basement of the bunker of the Rod Peterson Show at the IKS Media Studios. Max, we're here for another episode of the Squadcast. How you doing? Fantastic. Did you see that intro? It was a great intro. Thank you to the crew downstairs at IKS Media uh, for that. They did a great job. The Joshes and Drew always do great work down there. Make sure you check out IKS Media for any of your broadcasting needs. They are studs. Uh, we are here tonight uh, with you, the squad, the fanalists here tonight. We're going to jump into a bunch of topics, uh, including the Rays and Dodgers World Series matchup. Week six in the NFL just wrapped up. We got some storylines to go over there. Uh, plus, we have, we're going to see what you guys voted for in the Vigor fan vote. Uh, we're going to see that's going to be our third topic of the first segment. Plus, hockey prospect scout Joel Henderson of FC Hockey and Dauber Prospects is sitting right there over on the couch waiting to go. We're already raring to go with him. He's already got me fired up to talk about stuff, and he's going to bash both of us, and it's going to be great. Fantastic. Can't Absolutely. Wait. And Chris Hunterreiner is also coming in later in the show from our good friends over at RBI Baseball and Softball Training here in Regina. We're going to talk about his uh, programs over there and get into some World Series and Blue Jays talk with Chris. I'm pumped for that. Max, we are going to jump into it very soon. But first off, we, of course, are presented by Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. Uh, don't rack your brain trying to figure out what you need for your business and how to get it. Give Darnell and Roxanne a call today, and they will handle it all for you. That's Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. Great people over there, Max. Oh, always fantastic. We had a great chat with them. Uh, we had a sponsor dinner with the Rod Peterson Show uh, just about a week, a week and a bit ago, and uh, we sat at a table with Roxanne and Darnell. And uh, they were telling us about some of their stories of some traveling that they were doing uh, to Vegas and stuff. Man, they've got some good stories. If you ever get a chance, talk to them about uh, some of their Vegas trips. I'm yeah, telling they, you. Yeah, they log a great. lot of kilometers over there, hey? They do. And they uh, once they have some time off, they, they go hard. As they should. <laughs> They're hardworking people. Great, Absolutely. great people. Max, we're going to jump into it right now. We're going into our first topic of the night, and that is, of course, the World Series as it is happening as we talk. Thank you for joining us and making us your second screen tonight. Max, there are two teams on the opposite ends of the salary spectrum tonight, the Rays and the Dodgers jumping into it. Uh, the Dodgers have been here a few times in the past several years. The Rays have built up to this point. We just talked about it before the show uh, through some crafty trades and draft picks. Uh, no... Not a single free agent has signed with the Rays that are in the starting lineup tonight. It's all trade, all draft, and they've done it right, and they've built up to this point, and here they are with a young core and some surprising guys. So, Max, what do you think about this series, and who are going to be some of the X factors? It's an intriguing matchup all the way around, right? Like you said, on paper, it maybe looks like a bit of a mismatch when you evaluate the salary and kind of how everything's allotted. When it comes to the Dodgers, they're the big bad boys of the NL. When it comes to the Tampa Bay Rays and us being sad, sad Blue Jays fans, <laughs> we, again, maybe didn't give them enough credit credit uh, for what they put together and really it was a display in that two game wild card uh, set uh, so to speak so it was just kind of uh, it was interesting to see how it all came together for Kevin Cash and his his scrappy squad of Rays and I tell you man Randy Arozarena that seems like a name that's going to need to be known and known for a long time seven home runs thus far hitting 382 the kid is absolutely crushing the baseball 25 year old defect out of Cuba acquired from the St. Louis Cardinals it's just an incredible story I encourage everybody that's tuned in tonight have a look at randy rosarania it's an incredible story and man it's going to be fun to watch on both sides of the ball but i'm really looking forward to see what he puts together and if mookie betts can continue to be the 300 plus million dollar man that he has been advertised to be in the uh in the nlcs with a couple of game saving grabs and doing what he does with the bat 
truly incredible. Yeah, and there it is. There's Randy Rosarino right there. He came over in a trade, and uh, he, you know he wasn't even considered the biggest piece of the trade, and here he is, the best hitter in the uh, postseason right now. Uh, and we talked a little bit about some of the pitching there too, Max. Can you just go into some of the matchups between the two teams? Obviously, they have two studs on either side. Uh, go into some of those. Glasnow tonight and Kershaw tonight going at it in game one. Absolutely. And you know what? When it comes to top of the end or top end of the rotation talent, both of these teams boast it, right? When it comes to the Rays, they acquired it through uh, Tyler Glasnow in a trade with the Pittsburgh Pirates, sending their former ace, Chris Archer. Um, again, just a super fun kid to watch. He throws absolute gas. I, I just, I was so frustrated watching him against the Blue Jays when in his start because it was just, it seemed like it was on another level. It had some sink, it had some spin, and it was coming at you at 99. It's an incredibly tough thing to do to hit a baseball when it's coming at you that hard. And this kid has got some serious stuff. So looking at it right now, we're about two and a third innings through. He's so far kind of pitching as advertised anyways. We've got a 0-0 score in the, nice, uh, nice. the top of the third as, or sorry, the bottom of the third. And Clayton and Kershaw. I mean, what can you say about the guy except what has he not accomplished in his career? The only thing is probably a World Series. So I know he's going to be hungry to get that box checked off his career bucket list. And it's, again, top of the rotation set for both teams. You got Walker Bueller, you got Blake Snell, another couple of really intriguing matchups coming up in game two, possibly game three. I'm hearing for the Dodgers maybe is when they're going to roll Bueller out. They might roll Urias. They're going to need a little bit of support anyways from their supporting cast of starters over in LA because the Rays bullpen is relentless. Yeah. So it's going to be quite interesting to see how it all shakes out from a perspective of pitching. But if the Rays get to their bullpen, they've been nearly unbeatable past the sixth inning this year. We have the poll up right now. So make sure you vote on that before we close it. But we are asking you who will win the world series. It's a pretty simple question. Rays or Dodgers. And so far, Max, I'm going to put the poll up right now. So far, we have, once Facebook does its magic, the Rays. Oh, <laughs> Obviously, I, I think a lot of people are playing that <laughs> underdog card. They want to see them win. Yeah. Uh, it, the hard part for me is, like, you know, the Dodgers have a small part of my heart because they haven't been able to win it. So in, in some ways, it's like I kind of want them to do it and finally get over that hump. They're also kind of the Yankees of the NL, though. No, they are. not? <laughs> but that's, that's the part where I'm like, no, screw it. Give it to the Just Rays. Let's it do it. Um, gotcha. But, you know... I have a weird, you know, Clayton Kershaw. I have so much respect for that guy, mm-hmm. uh, even though he hasn't been able to pull it off in his career. It, I kind of want to just kind of see it happen, you know. So he's one of those guys that he's one of the only guys in the league that I would consider cheering for for that reason. But yeah, he's got that for me. And again, not to maybe transition sports in too hard of a transition, but very comparable to King Henrik Lundqvist, I guess. Sure. If, if we are going to compare the two, yep. like you said, guys that aren't necessarily in our own backyards in terms of our fandom, but yeah, definitely you'd like to see a couple of guys with resumes as illustrious as theirs to win it all and get that title on their belt and grab a ring before. Yeah, that would be great. Now we're going to move right on to our next topic here. I think we're super humming along pretty good here, Max. Look at us, eh? Man, pace. we're staying on Director time. We're staying Jordan, on topic. He cracked the whip, and all of a sudden we're good to go. Now, Max, would you say, you said earlier Mookie Betts was going to be probably one of the X factors uh, in this series. And talking about X factors, just before we move on, if you want to become an X factor on your basketball team, check out our friends at hooplifebasketball.com and use promo code SQUAD10MAX for 10% oh. off all camps, sessions, and apparel. And with Christmas coming up, that basketball player in your life would love to see a Hoop Life bunny hug. See what I did there? Because we're in Saskatchewan. We are in Saskatchewan. That's a good Hoop Life hoodie or gift card uh, in their stocking. So take head on over to hooplifebasketball.com and use promo code SQUAD10. 
Habib was in here with his Lakers one last week, and I'm like, yeah. I'm not a Lakers fan, but I really like what they've done with their apparel over there. I know yeah. I'm going to be grabbing and taking advantage of that Squad 10 promo code. They for sure. do good work. Now we're moving on to NFL Week 6 top performers. We're going to get into our Squad Select first. Kayla, if you can bring up the Squad Select graphic. That is, of course, our picks every week where we go head-to-head, and we have a uh, kind of a running score here, a running tally of how we're doing. I guess I zoomed in a little too much on that. However... Uh, you can still see our picks. So I had the uh, Titans beating the Texans, and they barely pulled that one off. We were texting during that one, yeah. and I was a little worried. Uh, but they won in overtime. Such a great game, though. Yeah. If you're a football fan, you love points, great game. It is a great game. That's perfect, Jordan. Thank you. Um, and I obviously picked the Patriots over the Broncos. For some reason, I thought, you know what? The Patriots can't lose to the Broncos, right? And then they go out and do it. So screw you, Patriots. Uh, I had the Ravens, and they they romped the Eagles, but then the Eagles came back, and they only lost by two points. It was a crazy week for comebacks. It really was. <sighs> Man, I, I thought I had that one in the bag. I stopped looking, and then I looked at the end of the game, and it was like 38 to 28. What? So I was a little worried there when I looked at the score. You had the Dolphins over the Jets. Yeah. And how'd that one go? You, they won that one, right? That yeah, was your that, win? that was overall. It was a great game. You know what? Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah. Did I pronounce that right? Probably because not. That, well, either way, I came closer than the guy that announced his name at the draft. Sure. <laughs> Roger Goodell, I believe. I'll take, Anyways, I'll take your he, word for uh, it. it was it was quite uh, quite a spectacle to see him make his debut. He's got a hundred percent completion percentage. Don't know if that's going to keep up against my Rams when he makes his debut after the bye week, but uh, we'll uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. It was an interesting game, and the Dolphins are kind of becoming a team that. I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in watching Brian Flores from the Belichick coaching tree. It's they've kind of got something interesting going over there, and they're you look at their jerseys, you can't help but not look at them and just admire them for whatever. Who are you talking about? Sorry, I, the the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins, yeah, <laughs> I love love their jerseys. They're one right? of my them and the uh, the baby powder blue Chargers jerseys. Yeah, are two those of my are favorite nice. They, they came out with some good ones this year. The yeah. Rams, we won't talk about their jerseys quite mm. yet, and I really kind of want to gloss over their performance on Sunday night because it was not that good. Plan my whole night around it, poured myself yeah. a nice glass of wine. So it's Just funny because I picked the Rams last week and they won, and then yeah. you picked the Rams this week and they lost. It's so funny. There's just a science to it, and I, I don't know what it is, but I win my fantasy matchups and my Rams lose. It yeah. is what it is for whatever reason. Classic. But, and the Bears and Panthers game, well, I don't know. It was the Bears and Panthers. I don't know what you want to say about it other than the CMC wasn't there. It was just kind of a You game. took a leap of faith. <laughs> I took a leap of faith. It's all right. It happens. Now, it then is. we go into Monday night, Ooh, and yeah, I was fun. going into Monday night with a two and one record on the week you had a one and two and i'm like yes this is finally my week where i'm going to pull away from max and i'm going to go three and one and just skyrocket in the stand in the records that we have up there and then they absolutely sucked so kayla can you throw up the picture of andy dalton please so andy dalton he started for the uh dallas cowboys there's that beautiful man he started and kind of look like him don't i uh you could pull it off if you shave yeah, ah, I don't know. He pulls off the clean shaven way better than I do. Probably. But that he, I think he pulls off a lot. You know, he can pull off a lot with his salary. Something like an $8 million backup salary. No, yeah, he can more pull than off that. I think he's like 15. Oh, well. Anyways, he comes in. Uh, I thought he was going to be able to at least put together a decent game. And then Kyler Murray and the Cardinals just hummed by and said, thanks for the win and walked out of there. No problem. Got a buddy who's in 
just a diehard Cardinals fan, and I've been calling them frauds all the way along this season. <laughs> they lose to a couple teams they weren't supposed to lose to. They've kind of thoroughly handled business against a couple of impressive teams. They they beat the Niners in week one when they were fully healthy. Yeah. Uh, it's They are really a tale of two teams right now. Maybe that's the inconsistency with Kyler Murray as a second-year quarterback. Yeah. Maybe we're going to see him kind of shine through a little bit more. I mean, this game was definitely a statement game, albeit against uh, Dak Prescottless and a little bit banged-up Cowboys team. But yeah, on Monday night football when the light shine brightest oh baby i was happy i picked the cards that's for sure yeah you got lucky so oh yeah yeah, okay. yeah we're gonna move on now kayla you can take that down we the uh tampa bay buccaneers absolutely rolled the packers and you were gonna pick the packers in your squad select this week ended up not doing it that was actually almost gonna be our our feature game yeah uh, so the packers come out aaron Rodgers gets a touchdown does the hingle mccringleberry <laughs> and then he gets absolutely pounded by Tom Brady. Uh, did you watch that game first off, second off? What did you think about how that all played out? You know, I was tuned in. I have Ronald Jones and Mike Evans on my yep. main fantasy squad, so of course I was tuned in for it. But you know what was funny? It was almost, it was just like an aura. I don't know if it's October, we're getting close to Halloween, whatever it is. There was an aura about it. As soon as you see the memes going off, as soon as Aaron Rodgers did the old triple pump there, yep. you just knew something was going to happen. You don't get Tom Brady, who has six Super Bowls on the other sideline. I don't know if he saw it, I don't know if he cared. But there was. <laughs> oh, something. I'm sure he saw it. I'm sure he saw it. Uh, I saw a great oh. meme after the game, and it was you know how the meme was going around with yeah. Tom Brady with the four. Uh, it was, hey Tom, how many touchdowns did you beat the Packers by this week? <laughs> four, twenty-eight points, unreal. Thirty-eight unanswered. It was yeah. No, I, I just threw up a poll, and I want you guys to whoever's watching right now, make sure you vote on this poll. Who is the best undefeated team left in the NFL? There are three teams, yeah. Max. One of them I picked in the squad select this week: the Titans, the Steelers are rolling right now with Chase mm-hmm. Claypool. You gotta love it. Good and Canadian the, kid right there. Oh yeah, and uh, the Seahawks also are. Five and zero at the moment. Yeah. Uh, out of those three teams, Max, who would you say is the best of those three? You know, for me, anyways, and I'll tip again. I'm wearing the Nashville colors today. Ooh boy! And I'm gonna hate myself because I know Darren Dupont is gonna be all over me for it. But <laughs> I gotta say, the Titans here. You know what? There's a there's a lot of controversy, obviously, surrounding them and where things were going with the whole COVID and it, having to miss their Week Four game, getting an early season rest. But man. Ryan Tannehill looks like he's been worth every penny of the contract extension they gave him. Derrick Henry is an absolute beast of a human being. Again, real glad I had him on the fantasy roster this week. And they're just, they seem to have something about them. Taylor LeWong goes out for the entire season now with a torn ACL. That's a big loss for them. Uh, but you know what? They're, they just seem like a team that's got th- the mojo about them. I don't know if you saw this, Clark. Mike Vrabel tapping into his former player and just showing his genius with the taking the intentional penalty, yeah. sending out the additional man there. Yeah. I mean, that's that's tough. There's not many coaches or players or really personnel around the NFL that would even think to pull off that kind of move. So I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I think the Titans have got it. What about you? I want to say the Steelers just because I have that connection with Chase Claypool. He's it's such a great so is story. Is he your cousin or something? Uh, no, but oh, his, okay. his aunt lives in Regina. Oh, that's... Uh, his aunt or his cousin, somebody, it's somebody, one of his family members lives in Regina and works at the Ryder store at the stadium. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, there's a story in the Leader Post, shout out Leader Post, um, this week, saw that. Uh, so far, the vote is up and it's pretty split right now, so I'm going to give it another second. The Seahawks are another team, they got a little bit of everything, they, they're pretty solid, they got that defense, uh, like they always seem to, uh, so it's a really interesting uh 
trio of teams right now. And I guess in the next couple of weeks, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it going. Yeah. And there's a couple of really good five and one teams as well. The Chiefs are five and one. The Ravens are five and one. So Rams should have been five and one. No, nah, they're I mean, brutal. Nah. Um, <laughs> big shout out currently to I'm just going to throw this up here, Kayla. Big shout out to the North Regina Little League crew that's tuning in tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, they have their Chase the Ace jackpot that we like to shout out every week. Uh, make sure you get in on that uh, this week. It's a heck of a prize, my goodness. Almost ten grand. So get in on that if you're in the Regina area. I don't know if it's limited to the Regina area. That's or not. a good question. We'll have to talk to Chris Cater. Chris, about that. Uh, comment in the comments mm -hmm. now. Is it limited to the Regina area, or can anyone get in on this thing? Let us know. Mm -hmm. um, let's put up the poll graphic now. Again, it is pretty split. But we are looking at about 40-40-20 with Seahawks Steelers leading the way. I feel like our good friend Alan Lee maybe threw in a, a courtesy vote for his Seahawks. Alan, I think Alan's got some burner accounts watching I think he does. Too. Remember the Seahawks beat the Falcons <laughs> to be undefeated. Yes, thank you, Alan, for bringing up that and throwing salt in the wound. I love it. Um, and then, yeah, the Falcons go out and win this week against the Vikings. Uh, they finally do something. Matt Ryan is actually, he was the top performing uh, quarterback this week. I have it here. Where did I put it? There it is. Uh, 371 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, and Julio Jones goes out and gets eight receptions, 137, two touchdowns, classic Julio. And then the rumors are flying that he's going to get traded. And I mean, right here, you kind of have to almost, but yeah, right here, uh, they're going to announce it. Tom, oh, I guess I was going to say Thomas Dimitrov is going to come on here, but he's, oh, he got fired. Well, he's got time now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is he going to come on and announce the trade? Possibly. I mean, that'd be Could something. Could have been in the works. Well, hey, you remember, oh, geez, Peter Shirelli, right? Signing yep. Miko Koskinen before he was unceremoniously fired out of Edmonton. That was funny. We'll, we'll get into that with Joel later. And I tell you what, I must say this. The Clark, Edmonton Oilers, Joel, get your gears going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, only here on the Squadcast, folks, can you get a complete breakdown of top performers from a one-in-five football team. It's truly amazing how we spend so much time on these Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Well, I somebody's got why. to because everyone's going to start forgetting about them pretty soon. Uh, they are fairly forgettable this year. Now, we are also going to talk quickly. You mentioned it, mm -hmm. the uh, Tennessee Titans with that overtime magic win. Uh, and they had that crazy purposeful penalty. Yeah. And me and Dar Darren DuPont was telling me about it because I missed it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, man, did you hear about this penalty? They did it on purpose. And mm -hmm. I was like, what are you talking about? They did it on purpose. Mike Variable, like you said, comes out and pulls off this almost a trick play where he throws a guy out onto the field on purpose, gets a too many men penalty. His team didn't even know what was going on. Yeah. His, <laughs> the, the, the players like, what are you doing coach? And he fakes mad. He's getting an he, Oscar. He played. Yeah. He, he acted pretty good. Fakes mad and gets a penalty for it. Saves 40 seconds of clock. And then they scored the game tying touchdown with four seconds left in the game. Unbelievable. Saved forty uh, seconds overall, and yeah, it's quite it's a tactic, them. quite a leap of faith, quite a wow. quite a bet and a gamble, but pays off. And sometimes you got to be good to be lucky, I guess. Well, it pays off to be a former player, I think, and especially he was known for being a smart football player, right? He again coached by one of the best, and Bill Belichick with his time with the Patriots. Yeah, it's one of those things where again the pedigree kind of shows through coming from again. A, is he a Hall of Famer as a player? Uh, That's a good question. Maybe. I don't know. He'd Squad, probably help be, us out on that. Somebody give us a look up as and a see linebacker, if Mike Vrabel's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he's got how many great oh, great cops? Oh, Clark. How many Super Bowls did he win? He probably won three or four. He won a few in that two Belichick era. That sounds about right. Again, so, it's, 
He might be. He'd be on the fringe, I would say, yeah. probably. Either way, he's a very savvy coach, and he's got his team rolling right now at 5-0. and yep. And we'll see if Tennessee can keep it going. We are going to move right along now, and we are going into the Vigor fan vote, voted on by mm-hmm. you as to what we finish off this segment with. We'll make it quick because we don't want to keep Joel Henderson waiting, and he's going to have a lot to say about these topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Joel, listen up. This is your uh, study period here. We ha- had four topics for you to vote on today. One of them was junior hockey talk. There's some news going on. The Montreal Canadiens offseason. W- I wanted to dive into that, honestly. That was the one I was hoping would win. Yep. Uh, Blue Jays free things. agency with free agency coming up at Major League Baseball. Who are the Blue Jays going to go after? And then Clark on the leaf. Clark's segment on the Leafs. I'm surprised that didn't get more votes today. It had some votes today. It had some. Well, it had some votes this week. Jumbo Joe-yo. It's... Ah, there's a lot to talk about, and Joel's getting ready because he said it earlier. He's going to bash me for it. Junior <laughs> Hockey Talk won, and I was a little yeah. surprised. Not that it's a bad topic to talk about. It's going to be... There's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just a little surprised. So the first thing we're going to talk about, and Kayla, if you can throw this up, is World Juniors, uh, the World Junior Groups. So that is... Um, we had uh, the topic of... The schedule came up, and you yeah. wanted to talk about that. So the yeah. draw came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's playing who? There it is there. There are the groups from courtesy of TSN. I throw that out there so we don't get copyright So glad. Uh, mm-hmm. So Canada is going to be playing Finland, Switzerland, Slovakia, and Germany. I believe it's Germany first. I believe so. Yeah, we got Boxing Day matchup with the Germans. And then Russia is in the uh, division with Sweden, or the pool, I should say, with Sweden, the U.S., the Czechs, and Austria. Yeah. Uh, Austria was the play-in team, Joel. Is that correct? Did they they got relegated up or whatever you call it? So uh, they are jumping in for the first time in a while. I want to yeah. say that'll be interesting to watch. Hopefully they don't get pumped too badly. Yeah. Um, but the, what do you want to talk about with the World Juniors? What interests you about the draw? Well, I think, and again, we'll have to have Joel back a little bit closer to the time of the sure. tournament. Obviously, Break I mean, it it's it's kind of a way too early preview. I just, I don't know. To me, it's christmas time it's the world juniors yep. you just get that fancy fuzzy feeling in the air i don't get it about presents under the christmas tree i mean i shouldn't have 26 but when it comes down to the world juniors as a whole i don't know it's just something about that promo reel that tsn oh, yeah. plays all the time there it's just like i said such an exciting thing to talk about and the one thing i gotta say when i see that graphic is i'm really glad that i don't see that canadian flag in group b that is going to be a tough one to get out of they got lucky in that one and i think they were were they not in the they call it the group of death every year but were they not in it last year where they had four pretty solid teams joel's nodding over there so yeah, i think I'm absolutely right they had a road to get there yeah. and then Lafreniere went out with his injury right. and like they had some adversity to overcome to get to that gold medal but yeah we got a match up with the Finns on new year's eve that'll be a fun one yeah not don't the- sleep on the Finns. yeah and we will get to that with joel as well mm-hmm. because the Finns are not a uh, walkover country anymore they are back to prominence and i think that people are probably going to sleep on them when they should not uh kayla can you put up the next world junior graphic we're talking about some players that are eligible to return for canada and the top one on the list one's not on there that i that i guess he didn't play last year was kirby doc because he was in the nhl he's good busy to being good he's a little good so uh Alexis Lafreniere. Now, he is in a position where he might be kind of the Kirby Doc of this year, even though he's played for two years now, right? Mm-hmm. Two years? Yeah, so this would be his third year if he does go into And he's tournament. pretty good at hockey, so he might be playing in the NHL. Number and one pick or something? like. Eh. Bob McKenzie okay. comes out with a, a big tweet thread, which is, mm-hmm. he doesn't do it often, but when he does, you know it's good. Mm-hmm. And he comes out and says that the Rangers might not let him go to the World Juniors yeah. because training camps are going to be kicking off uh they don't want him going there and getting hurt or something and and then they don't have him for the season and they're going to need him for the season so 
they might not let him go. So with that in mind, and Kirby Doc not probably going, I haven't seen... I saw a roster projection earlier today, but I didn't give it much thought. But uh, how do you think Canada's going to be looking this year? I think we're looking fantastic. Without Lafreniere. Without Lafreniere. Yeah, if we're looking at it from that perspective, and I mean, if you're the Rangers, it makes sense, right? You saw exactly what happened last year in the tournament. He got hurt, and it looked like it was going to be a lot worse of an injury than it ended up being. It was fortunate he was able to come back. I think he had 10 points in five games. Absolute stud, and it's, again, one of those things where if you're the Rangers, it makes sense. You're going to protect that investment. But you look at those names, Dylan Cousins, Connor McMichael, Quinton Byfield, I think he for sure, he is going to be the Alexis Lafreniere right. this year, right? That's a good, this is his second call. tournament. Um, and then if you look, if we got a top pairing out of Bowen Byram and Jamie Drysdale returning on the blue line, we're in good shape, I think, That'd especially with the pool. Um, I think no doubt we've got to be the favorites to come out of Group A. You'd think so. But again, Finland has built a program there, and they'll be strong. Absolutely. A couple of quick news tidbits, and then we're going to go to a break mm-hmm. here. Uh, I'm wondering if the World Juniors is going to be the same as the NHL playoff bubble in yeah. Edmonton. If for safety protocols, fans in the stands, I'm thinking it's probably going to be similar to that. I don't think they want to open it up too, too much yet, yeah. especially with junior hockey kind of each league is different. Yeah, everything's um, in flux right now, right? The WHL has announced that they will be returning on January 8th. And when I say will be, they will be. That's what Ron Robison said, the commissioner of the league. It's not a it's not a target. It is a plan. It's defined. So that is good news for junior hockey fans sitting on the couch over there. <laughs> you know, hopefully you get back into some rinks and stuff soon. Hopefully they let uh, everybody come in and, and watch, even if you're up in the rafters maybe. But uh, So they uh, aren't sure of the fans in the stands protocol mm-hmm. yet. I think every province is probably going to be a little different. Yeah. But it sounds like it's going to be mostly, or if not all, in the WHL anyways, mm-hmm. intra-divisional. So you're going to have your division. You're only going to play your division, mm-hmm. probably at least for the first long time yeah i'm gonna assume it's probably all of the season um but it's gonna be interesting because different rinks are gonna have different protocols and uh, it sounds to me like ron robison has been working with each and every club team uh to determine what they're going to be able to do and each province is of course different and state because they're working Mm -hmm. in states too uh so that'll be curious and there will be more information coming out about that uh plus the sjhl just announced that they are returning to play effective immediately so they have started preseason games Mm -hmm. which is interesting so junior hockey is back uh in saskatchewan at least and they have 150 fans in the stands which is interesting that's good to see you know what for just again the dynamic with matt i think it was with masks required that's sounds good to me you know what if they can get a a protocol in place where everything's agreed upon with public health officials and get the kids playing i mean at the end of the day that's what you can ask for right hopefully we kind of see see the number of cases go down i know things have kind of looked a little odd over the last little while but we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk about sports and one interesting tidbit that i will throw out there is that now I'm going to act as a little bit of an insider here. Oh, but I've been talking to the Bedard family. Oh, because I'm trying to get Connor on the Rod Peterson show. He's Clark been on Monroe, once. Name so drop, I've been please. chatting with the Bedards, <laughs> and it sounds like Connor is coming back mid-November. Now, don't quote me on that, but it sounds like he's going to be in Sweden for another couple of weeks, and then he's coming back for mid-November, which to me signals that there's maybe an early December training camp for these WHL mm-hmm. teams, which to me is interesting too because it almost sounds like. January 8th, they kind of scheduled that right at the end of the World Juniors mm-hmm. so that they'll have a camp leading into World Juniors. They'll be training the whole time, yeah. and then they'll start playing games as soon as that World Juniors is over. So that's, I like that timeline. It lines up really well. 
and uh, that's super interesting. Something to keep an eye on if you are a WHL fan. Absolutely. This, this topic, of course, was voted on by you, the fans, for the Vigor fan vote. Vigor Lifestyles uh, is one of our great partners here. I'm wearing the shirt today. I don't know if you can see it. Pretty nice shirt. Looking snazzy, Clark. Uh, Visit vigor.ca, that is V-I-G-R.ca, to check out their full lineup of natural health and healing supplements, including, now there's a bottle on the table, I don't know if you can see it, Jordan, uh, but including the amazing Elk Velvet Antler, which both Max and I have been yeah, taking I now. might have finished my first bottle I finished already, that, Clark. I crushed that bottle. It's just right there in front of the Flames jersey that Adam Schultz so greatly pointed out earlier <laughs> that I put a Flames jersey on there. There it is. There you go. There's the supplemental facts, if you're interested. Yes. Great, great <laughs> zoom in, Jordan. Uh, Elk Velvet Antler is... <laughs> Is an adaptogen, and Max, that means it is designed by nature to work for you individually. So there is many benefits, and it basically just kind of picks and chooses what you need according to your body. It's pretty nuts. Uh, this powerful ancient medicine may take effect for the very first from the very first time you use it, targeting areas of your body that need it the most. That is vigor.ca to get started on the right path to health for you. We're heading to break. Joel Henderson's coming in. We'll see you after the break. Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain, from PO creation to expediting your shipments, all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. Everyday hoop life. Does this look familiar? Your fans deserve an incredible arena experience. It's time for an upgrade. Stunning graphics. Revenue opportunities are just the beginning with our in-venue display systems and scoring technology. Let us help you find the best solution for your facility. DDG. Always delivering the best fan experience. Find us at ddgregina.com. He's covering everything that matters to you. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Tune in live Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon, to catch the show live and be a part of the action. Take control by commenting live and sharing the show with your friends. IKS Live. IKS Live. Western Canada's premier production services company. LED. LED sign rentals. Video. Video production. Event. Event management. Look no further than IKS Live. Visit our website. IKS Live. Always the best seat in the house. IKS Live. All right, and we are back now with our special guest. We are all looking forward to this one. 
FC hockey, Dauber prospects, NHL prospect analyst, international recording artist, I think I saw on your profile as well. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> international. I have to throw that <laughs> in there. That's kind of a big deal. Um, we'll talk about that later. But Joel Henderson is here with us. Joel, thanks for thanks for coming in and hanging out with us tonight. This is fun. We're, I'm, we're looking forward to this one because I have a ton of questions. I sent you the pictures of our question <laughs> list, and uh, we might not even get to all of it tonight because I know we have some stuff to kind of dive into here. Yeah. Uh, Max has some questions I know about uh, some goaltenders, and we got lots of prospects to go over. And then we'll just go into actual just regular hockey stuff too because it's not good. all about prospects all the time, right, Joel? Yeah. Uh, no, it is. No. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and bashing the Leafs. Well, we're. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, we're gonna start with prospects. Let's 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 keep the Leafs bashing for next segment. Uh, well, actually, the first prospect on my list is a Leaf. Of course. Uh, but we'll, we'll save him. We're going to go into uh, the Flames first, Joel, because okay. that is kind of your bread and butter. Yeah. Um, they traded down twice. I thought they had a great draft overall. You were all over it, and I listened to your Sportsnet talk about all of the guys they were able to pick. Mm-hmm. Talk about, first off, trading down twice and still getting the guy they wanted in Connor Zary from Kamloops. Well, the thing is, is Calgary's, they've been missing a lot of second and third round picks in the last number of years. Yeah. Um, it's like they're, they had one one pick in the last number of years, which was Yusuf Alamaki, which was years ago, and they haven't been taking the defenseman. So if you're internally, you, you got to think, we got to recoup some of these picks. And especially in this year's draft, I think once you get outside a certain amount of player, there's a bunch that are kind of in the same range. And I think Calgary was feeling that. They were kind of like, well, if we get one of three of these guys, well, let's keep going. And you have to keep in mind, too, I mean, just because you want to trade down doesn't mean that you can. It means you have to have phone calls of people wanting to trade up. Yeah. And so it just seemed like there was people that were wanting to do it, and it made sense for them. And, you know, I was hearing there was high fives around the room when they mm-hmm. when they finally caught uh, Connor's area as well. So yeah. they, they feel good about it. They gained two more picks in the third round that they didn't have. And some of the picks that went off the board, especially when they trade down the first time, just they made sense to, to do it again. Yeah. One of the biggest um, topics of discussion coming out of the draft, I'm going to say the first few rounds especially, but was how long it took. Mm-hmm. Do you think that played well for the Flames in that regard? Because teams were a little bit more patient with those trades and maybe had a little bit more time to play around with that kind of stuff? I think so. I think sometimes you just, you're able to make a few things happen. Um I think if if fans would have expected it, especially draft people, if you would have known I'm sitting here all day, like you'd be able to prepare a bit more, like get some pizzas, get some wings, yeah. you know, okay, I'm in for eight hours instead of three, you yeah. know, um, but I think it just helped all the rest of the teams. You, you're just able to do more yeah. uh, to, to get more options as to what you want to do. Yeah, I uh, I went to the draft last year, which feels like it was a decade ago because of all this stuff that's been going on in the world, but uh, we made it, I mean, we made a point to stay until the very last pick. So you get there early in the morning on that second day mm-hmm. and then you're there like all day. <laughs> so you walk around a little bit, you go to different seats, you look at it from different angles and you try to keep busy, but you, you hear a lot of just names being thrown out and it didn't take as long as it did, but it's still a long day. Even, even without all this COVID stuff, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of pressure for these guys, these general managers and scouts and they can't just throw a name out there. They got to make sure they got the right guy. Yeah. So especially for trading yeah. up and trading down and stuff when you're getting into the third, fourth, fifth round, like the fact is you're just able to call a few more guys to be able to try to do it. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, one of the ones that we're going to talk about now is goaltenders and Max is wearing a, a team that picked one. Uh, Max, I'll let you get into that. 
Absolutely. So Joel, from, from your professional perspective, tell me why as a Nashville Predators fan, I should be excited about Yaroslav Askarov, especially with, I guess, the uncertainty that comes with picking a goalie tr- traditionally that high in the draft. We've only seen a couple Spencer Knight going to Florida, mm-hmm. uh, I believe at 13, I want to say in 2019. And outside of that, I think really the only meaningful goalie to come out of the first round this decade is Andre Vasilevsky, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So Please elaborate on the Russian prospect that I'm hoping is going to be our next Carey Price. <laughs> well, I mean, so what I would say is like maybe change the perspective a bit because think about the best goaltender taken in every draft or mm-hmm. like the first one taken. I mean, if he ends up being um, somewhere along the lines of uh, Thatcher Demko mm-hmm. or if he ends up being someone like uh, who Washington is, like Samsonov, who they're getting, uh, Philadelphia got Carter Hart. Mm-hmm. So like the first goaltender off the board in a number of drafts usually ends up being a very good player yeah. and ends up being a very good player for a franchise for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dallas got a bit of Jake Ottinger this year mm-hmm. as well into the playoffs. He was drafted in 2017. So it depends on what you're thinking of in that range. But if you're getting the best goaltender in a draft, they end up being a good goaltender. Mm-hmm. And Yaroslav Askarov is the best goaltender to be for a while. And it comes down to his athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, his athleticism is pretty off the charts. Uh, there's times where his glove hand isn't quite as good as you want it to be. And there's times where, like, you know, sometimes in international tournaments, they've seen a few moments of jitteries uh, out of him. Yeah. But overall, his body of work has just been, like, unprecedented. Now, so he's, Correct he's me if I'm that. wrong. That's um, good to know. Yeah. It, was he the starting goaltender in the World Juniors for, the, yeah. for Team Russia last year yep. as a six, 17-year-old? 16, 17. 17. Yeah. So, so pretty impressive. Yeah, like put that into a, a vacuum in itself. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty good resume to have. Um, there's been a lot, and I've seen a lot of, of draft analytics come out lately where mm-hmm. after there's that sliding curve of, of value per pick. Yeah. What is your thoughts on picking a goalie that high in terms of that pick value uh, compared to like you get a Pekka Rene in the eighth round and yeah. he's your franchise goalie for the next 15 years. Yeah. Do you do you abide by the philosophy that you should just pick your goalies late or like you said if you like your guy go get him well i think it comes back to like you said the the first pick in in every draft is usually a good goaltender yeah. for your team like sometimes you miss or sometimes it's not like you'd want it to be but i mean like especially in the last you know five six seven years if you're picking that first goaltender like would i want carter hart on my team right now absolutely and he Probably. was a second round pick mm-hmm. the first goaltender taken and even next year there's a kid um the guy who's projected to be the best goaltender in next year's draft um could go top five wow. and so um he's one that he's about in that range of askarov as well and it's a little bit more of a weaker all over the place draft mm-hmm. so his name's Jesper jesper wallstad he was drafted um in the euro draft by moose jaw didn't come over okay. but um but he's he's unreal as well so i i just think you know you have to know what you're getting and if you're if if you're into a range now where you're kind of having some questions about guys, whether they're going to be top six players or this or whatever, and, and, and there's a goaltender who's putting up unprecedented numbers, yeah. um, I, I don't hate a swing on that because mm-hmm. if you're getting if you're getting a franchise goaltender like that, and it's also hard. I mean, you look at a market like this where there's a lot of teams this year didn't have goaltenders and were able to grab one. But, you know, once again, that's a difference between getting a, a Braden Holtby later on in life or... Carter Hart coming through your organization and being who he is. Yeah, and th- so I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that Carter Hart draft was 
he he got picked what like thirty eighth or like it he was, was like forty yeah, or something even higher in the, 40s, in the second. Maybe. And the yeah. Leafs picked I want to say thirty second, and I think that was or thirty eighth first. That was the uh, Igor Korshkov pick. Yeah. So, you know, would you, would you, you know what I mean? So that's what I mean. So you can talk about ranges, but with goalies, it's just, it's usually it works or it doesn't. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. when it works, you just, you, you sing, you sing praises and when it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. But if you just think about from the perspective of the best goaltender in the draft is usually worked out pretty well for teams. Pretty well. Yeah. I'm going to throw my Leafs hat back on here just because now I'm, the juices are flowing because I mentioned them. <laughs> here we uh, go. Should I leave Clark? 15th <laughs> overall pick. No, you're good. 15th overall pick, Rodion Amarov. Uh, Talk to me about now. You mentioned a funny story about his YouTube views skyrocketing after he got picked by the Leafs. <laughs> we were talking the other day. Uh, talk to me about what he brings from what you've heard because he's one of those guys that he got picked, and a few people were like, Who? Yeah, not that he's not a good player, but maybe he wasn't as documented. Can you talk to me a little bit about Amaroff? Uh, he's a guy that I really hoped would drop to the flames. Mm. Um, you know, you, you throw in connections with the Leafs, especially in the last number of years with Russians. Yeah. Um, they've had a really good track record of being able to develop and bring guys over to sign them later on. Um, he's an absolute workhorse. Good. He's so good. He, um, he just does so many little things well. Like if the Leafs were looking for a guy that is is uh, could end up being Zach Hyman plus plus plus, like mm. this is a guy that that can do that potentially. That. <laughs> and so honestly, it's a great, great, great pick. Um, I was surprised that other teams didn't maybe didn't go beforehand, but I thought as soon as you got outside the top 10, 11, 12 in this range, he was a guy that should have went uh, probably where he did. And uh, and I was I was glad that he didn't get uh, kind of disrespected a little bit. The Leafs, yeah. the Leafs didn't know who they got. Definitely. I like to hear that. Um, Max, you had a little bit more on the Flames yeah, written I, down. I'm going to let you get into that. And then I have some WHL prospect rankings that I want to just kind of look at and see how they all fell down. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I was super excited to talk to you, Joel, just because I know that we've got a few of our viewers. They're avid Calgary Flames fans, which Mm. is kind of right in your bread and butter. Can you talk to me about the curious case of Jeremy Poirier? (laughs) To me, he seems, or I guess maybe this is a fair comparison, again, going back to my Nashville knowledge, uh, a Sam Girard type of guy, a guy that maybe is first-round talent. And I mean, in the mock drafts, we saw him kind of up in that 20 to 30 range, fell all the way to you guys at 72. And I was, again, had my hat on saying, oh, I really wish he got to the Preds at 73. Can you talk about why maybe he slipped a little bit and how a guy goes from a first-rounder to a third-rounder just in a hockey sense? Well, there's been these kind of guys in the draft before, these guys that have first-round talent, Mm -hmm. and it comes down to their defensive play. And so he's a guy that, like, the reason the teams were were missing on him is because they just don't believe that he can play NHL defense. And it has to be that because his talent, uh, his offensive talent, his way to create with the puck is pretty unprecedented. He does have first-round talent. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's other guys that have been in this range, like Tony D'Angelo. There was a lot of questions Mm -hmm. on him. Um, Ryan Merkley in the last year, uh, last couple of years for San Jose. Yeah. There's some guys that just have insane talent, and you just wonder why they're not a left wing, as you know, it, it, as instead of being a defenseman. So they, uh, Calgary got a guy with a lot of question marks and a lot of development work and a lot of game tape to be watched. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like from what I heard from them is that he kind of got the message from slipping so far. He might have, if he would have went 30th to a team, he might not have got that message. But this might have been the best thing that could have happened for him because he went. Okay, I get it. Yeah, um, good gamble. I would say a good great gamble, gamble, especially that was a sorry that was a pick that they traded down for, right? Yeah, that so, was I mean, one of the ones I got. You get an extra pick in the lottery, you go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple more things here on the draft. 
Uh, before we get into your WHL prospect rankings, so Kayla, have that ready for the next question. But I noticed a trend where I saw a lot, I felt like I saw a lot more European and Russian players go uh, in positions where I was like, oh, I thought they'd go maybe a Canadian route or maybe a WHL kid with that pick. But a lot of Finland players, and I'm maybe I'm biased with the Leafs because they went pretty much all Finland, no, you're all definitely Russia. biased with the Leafs, yeah. Mark. <laughs> I can't, of course. But... There seemed to be a lot more European and Russian players, and the talk has been because of the, how junior hockey's kind of up in the air. It seems like Europe's going and Russia's going. So do you think that played a role? Uh, maybe even the fact that some of them had already started playing and you almost got a little jump start on the, the advanced scouting a little bit. Uh, I think a little bit. I don't know if it had a big overall uh, effect on things. Like, I mean, being a person who watches the WHL like crazy, this was a year that everyone said was a down year, and they had seven players go in the first round. Yeah. So that's a pretty good down year. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of Canadian players who went high up in the draft, and I think, um, I think there was people were able to get a bit more video scouting. They were able to kind of go to some areas that maybe they hadn't. But I think overall, I think overall was I would have to see stats on it. But I didn't, I didn't think too much of it. Okay. Maybe it's a Leafs because they did take some fins, but they took some good fins. Yeah. So, uh, I, I heard a lot of good things about the fins that they took. So I'm really curious how those guys pan out. Um, but you know, it was just it seemed like some picks. I was like, oh well, there's a lot of good Canadian kids or American kids left. And coming from last year's draft in Vancouver, where mm. every single member of the USNDTP came and got picked high yep. and then they almost none of them this year seemed to there get was picked a few, yeah it was it was it seemed like a just a shift of of philosophy and that's all i was getting at with that it was a well i don't know if it was much philosophy as it was just a representation of talent like sure. last year's Cyclical. team last year's team was off the charts yeah. and then you had guys like thomas bordalo and jake sanderson and and some guys who were you know fairly high picks for their teams and stuff but uh, there was a lot of other guys with some question marks in there that's fair and everything's cyclical yep. it happens every year yep uh kayla can you throw up and jo jordan that uh, whl prospect ranking jo uh, joel you worked on this and there's a lot of j names coming around here uh you worked on this and threw this up it was uh, it's pinned on your on your twitter right now so right. you're clearly proud of it uh <laughs> <laughs> talk to me about how this went it seems like it kind of all fell into place for you uh especially those first four mm -hmm. then ozzy weisblatt went a little higher but what do you think uh how did you, how did it kind of play out to you and did it go as you expected it to uh it went as i expected it to uh i thought that that schneider and, and Gooley were gonna go before zari um, I just expected that, um, but it, it wasn't where I would have had them, but I expected that they would go in those range. Yeah, you kind of have it around the same range. Yeah, in, in the way that, um, in, in just in the way that um, the defense prospects were in this draft, I just thought these guys would go a little higher to teams that wanted that more of a physical presence, but could still uh, transition the puck in certain ways. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, getting down into Aussie and Tristan and really and Jake, those were guys that I just thought it just comes down to team philosophy for scouting. Yeah, um, sure. Do you want a guy that you're swinging uh swinging a bit more on a, a for a home run on or do you want a guy that you just most teams describe as i think will i think they'll play yeah and <laughs> right there's a lot of times where you go like tell me about this guy and you've got this beautiful nhl executive with 30 years of experience and they go we think he'll play and you're like <laughs> thank you for that that uh, <laughs> you know honestly a lot of times that's the makeup of a good draft is yeah. did you get yeah. games played yeah one or 500 yep mm -hmm. out of that player and you know a lot of drafts where guys say they didn't have a very good draft 
none of no games played and that's, that's just right. that's the difference yeah. but then sometimes you look at other drafts and you you look back on them and you go which teams didn't want to swing on the mm-hmm. upside of sebastian aho yeah and uh you or pk suban or mm-hmm. like some players that you can find that can change the dynamic of your team um because their skill set is if they get into that top pair or yeah. top four or top six for your team they can really change it for you and that was kind of what san jose did this year they took ozzy weisbot and tristan robbins mm-hmm. and both of those guys have an uh, ability to really impact uh, a team if they work out their top six players all day you're really high on tristan robbins I and i follow am. you uh in that regard um now tristan robbins was a guy with the Pats when I was working with the Pats that I liked a lot. And mm-hmm. then the, he obviously was a big trade piece in that Memorial Cup year where they had to bring in Cameron Hebig and mm-hmm. Libor Hayek. Those are obviously big pieces on that team. Uh, but it was sad to see him go. Just give me a little bit on why you're so high on Tristan Robbins because you had him sixth out of all the WHL players. I My heart wanted to put him higher, yeah. but uh, he's a guy that, um, especially early in the year when I was asking around the scouts and stuff, the as weird of responses they just said ah it's it's wingspan like and so we look at it like growth and the growth potential and sometimes okay. they'll talk about his about his runway um so they just go i don't know if his runway is as big as other players so we we don't want players with that we can work with and continue to go and i just thought it was a travesty because uh, early on with him i was hearing fast i was seeing fast hands i was seeing great um decision making versatility around the ice yeah. uh and then he he you know, give him credit. He worked on his skating a lot in the off season and he worked on deception of his shot. And just beyond anything, this is a player where, especially when you're getting into the second and third rounds, you're talking about these kids and going, here's the things that they're going to have to learn. And the reality about Tristan is that he's already learned a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the little details of the game that end up putting points in your net, the way that you battle in the corners, the way you beat the guys on pucks, the way that you um, choose angles in attacking defenders, um, the way that you change shot angles in attacking goaltenders, um, the way that he can hang on to a puck for an extra half second when other guys will get rid of it out of panic. Like there's a lot of stuff that he does where you just go, holy crap. Like, yeah. um, and so even to the point where like he was on central scoutings, he was not ranked at the start of the year. And then midterm he was like, he was ranked, but wouldn't be drafted and then their final rankings they had him like maybe a fifth round pick maybe yeah and so me putting him up there on you know in my second round there's some people that had him even higher but i was just like like this this is i can't see him falling out of the second Mm -hmm. round if he does it's a travesty and so my whole thing going in was whoever gets tristan robbins in the third wins the drafting (laughs) and he went in the second so i was like i'm happy for him he's he worked really hard my fondest memory of seeing tristan robbins was when he was uh, just drafted, and he came to his first Pats training camp, and the kid was maybe like five three, like one twenty, <laughs> and I was like, "Is this kid in Pee Wee? Like, <laughs> how is this kid drafted and also in a WHL training camp right now?" And he was one of the better players in that age group, and it's it's uh, it's great to see that he went there, and then he threw on his dad's old retro jacket too mm-hmm, in that picture. Awesome. It's so cool, there, especially for guys like him, like. Uh, not this last year, but the year before when, you know, Kirby Doc was on the team, uh, there was times where he's playing fourth line center and I'm watching him play and I'm just like, it's a shame that this team's so deep down the middle because yeah. this guy has to play on the fourth round and he should be higher. Every now and then they throw him on the third line right wing, but he's also a guy that just brings a lot of versatility. He can play yeah. either wing. He shot on the power play on either wing, play centerman. Mm-hmm. So like, good luck. He's a very, very good player. Got a good one, San Jose. Yeah, uh, good stuff coming out of Saskatoon, hey? Yeah, and speaking of working on skills, because we were talking about Tristan Robbins working on some skills, mm-hmm. are you looking for a way to improve your skills on the baseball diamond? 
I'm giving a shout out to RBI Baseball here. If your kids are in need of some training, skill building, or private coaching, RBI is the place for you. Check out RBI Training Center today, located just east of Regina. At east? Yeah. Uh, where are we? It's one of the four directions in this room. Uh, RBI is Southern Saskatchewan's premier baseball and softball training facility. Check out their Facebook website and Instagram today and get to work at RBI. They rise above the rest. We're going to go to a break. We're coming back with Joel talking more NHL when we come back. Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain from PO creation to expediting your shipments all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. Does this look familiar? Your fans deserve an incredible arena experience. It's time for an upgrade. Stunning graphics. Revenue opportunities are just the beginning with our in-venue display systems and scoring technology. Let us help you find the best solution for your facility. DDG, always delivering the best fan experience. Find us at ddgregina.com. He's covering everything that matters to you. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Tune in live Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon, to catch the show live and be a part of the action. Take control by commenting live and sharing the show with your friends. IKS Live. IKS Live. Western Canada's premier production services company. LED. LED sign rentals. Video. Video production. Event, event management. Look no further than IKS Live. Visit our website. IKS Live. Always the best seat in the house. IKS Live. We are back, coming back at you with Joel Henderson from Dauber Prospects and FC Hockey. Uh, Joel, we just had a great talk about the draft. Let's talk about the league, uh, the guys who are playing games, as we said earlier. Um, now, we were talking in the break a little bit about the Chicago Blackhawks. That's kind of the hot topic right now. They send out that letter to their fans, kind of <laughs> a la New York Rangers a few years ago. Yeah. But they've already been rebuilding for three years. <laughs> so it's like, why are you, you're a little late there, Blackhawks. Yeah. But... 
Um, what is your take on I, we? There was that uh, news story that came out. I think it was Pierre LeBrun said it on TSN today that there was a meeting with the four guys, the Seabrook, Keith, Kane, Taves group, and mm -hmm. they had a talk about where they're going and what where their system is at. Do you think first off that it's the right time to make that announcement? Second off, do they have a prospect group that's ready to? make that type of announcement like there just seems like weird timing all around yeah they're i mean they're in a weird spot where it's not the classic like you have pieces where you can really trade them away like i don't think taves wants to go anywhere i don't know that kane wants to go anywhere i don't know that you can trade seabrook i don't know that you can like there's just a lot a lot they can do with yeah, that Keith big group. even too is yeah he's valuable but three years left gonna be 40 by the time the deal expires heavy cap hit and so their their rebuild for the last three years has just been the fact that they haven't been a good team yeah and like everyone kind of knows it except for them i think yeah uh, it's kind of a lack of self-awareness where you just believe every year that you're the best um but but out of that they've gotten some really great picks they got you know they had a high pick to take kirby doc they've got adam boakvist coming um they were able to take alex to and land him uh they got kubalik in uh whatever and they've got actually some depth on defense they got ian mitchell coming chad chris they got some guys in their system that are really good so i don't i just don't think this is one where they're going to be bad for a long time it's just how do you optimize return on some of your core players and i don't think you can and i don't mm -hmm. think they want to move so i just i don't know why they made the announcement because yeah. it just seems mm -hmm. like like is that what everyone was mad about that you got rid of sod and again like again and yeah. like that's the thing that upsets everybody like i don't know i just i don't see him as a core piece for them anymore mm -hmm. and i was wasn't shocked to see him move i was shocked that, that they got him back in the yeah. beginning they're continuing so, to get those young demons adarov is yeah. not bad um he's maybe not a full return on a guy like sod but maybe he is and he's only 25 or 6 he's a yeah. physical defenseman like Maybe he fits into what they want to do and turns into one of their top four guys. Well, and the, I mean, they're, I mean, those guys are supplemental guys. And you don't want to think that way about Zadorov because he's a, he is a good player. Mm -hmm. um, but the things that he does, like a lot of prospects that they have in their system, don't do. So they're hoping that, you know, as they develop and bring in Boakvist and they bring in Ian Mitchell and they bring in these other defensemen, that he can kind of complement them and kind of fit around the roster, which was the same as what he was being used for in, in Colorado as well. Yeah. One of the uh, things that I wanted to get into a little bit was um, analytics and how they're playing into roster creation right now. And I sent you the prompt, and you, I think we're going to maybe go back and forth a little bit here. But I'm for using analytics, and I'm not against it in any any sense of the meaning. And a lot of people in this building who typically do a show here on a daily basis are mm -hmm. against it. Um, but I am wondering, do you believe or do you subscribe to the thought that Hockey may have overcorrected for the use of analytics. And when I say that, I mean uh, a lot of teams went away from those big, rugged guys. Uh, I look at the guys like Roman Polak has gone the way of the dinosaur. Mm -hmm. uh, big power forwards are typically being pushed aside for small, skilled forwards nowadays. Speed guys, speed, speed, speed. Speed is key. You said earlier, if he has speed, he's probably getting drafted. Like mm -hmm. those types of things. Um, the power forward is kind of becoming like. Uh, um, Gobble. A little what outdated, right? And I, again, kind of speaking to it, right? Patty Maroon, a guy that's tough to get a contract, yet he's been on the last two Stanley Cup championship winning yeah. teams, right? So I think when it comes to analytics, right, is 
how much is how much do you subscribe to it right yeah i mean it's uh information is information you take all the information you can get if i'm a coach if i'm a gm give me all the information that we have yeah and then we gather that together and we decide what its value and what its worth is mm -hmm. um i the one thing that i think people should probably talk about more is the fact that tampa bay lost in the first round last year and they won the cup this year mm -hmm. who did they add and why and they went out and they paid some money for some very specific guys. Yeah. So you go out and you add some toughness and speed and guys that get in your face in guys like Blake Coleman. Mm -hmm. And Blake Coleman, what was his thing? He was an analytic like giant he's the way that he pushed plays into the other end mm -hmm. was fantastic he was an absolute dynamo shorthanded uh, he did everything that they wanted him to do plus adding size and physicality and all those things and so it's much the same with like so Calgary um, this this uh, this year in the second round they drafted a gigantic defenseman six foot four right and you go do you love this guy and so for me I look at it and I go how does he transition the puck because mm -hmm. if he doesn't transition the puck well he's like a gladiator that only has a shield mm -hmm. right. he's just like uh, come at me and you're like great you can be the best person <laughs> yeah. who deflects things but you're gonna get hit at some point and if you can't ever pick up a sword then what's the point of what you're mm -hmm. doing and I mean that's an oversimplification but it's but you need guys to be able to to really um, simplify their breakouts. And he's a guy that kind of does it. He uses his reach. It gets out and you go. And so especially for guys like Tampa as well, they they acquired, and the least of two, like Zach Bogosian. Mm -hmm. And so you want to simplify his game. You want to use his physicality, right. use the things that he does well. But then he's, he's still got to be a part of a group that gets the puck out of the zone and, and really starts to make an impact in the other way. Yeah. And so I don't care if that's a short pass to another defender. I don't care if that's a little saucer pass to exit the zone. I don't care if it's it's off the boards and out, but it's got to be transitioning the puck into the other end because yeah. you, you you have to do that. Yeah. Um, Physicality is great. Toughness is great. Uh, it'd be awesome if every defenseman was as big as Victor Hedman, but uh, you know, and, and you got those guys instead of the guys that are five, nine, but if they're if they're big and useless, they're big and useless. Yeah, exactly. And I, the re the reason I brought it up is you just see all these power forwards now. Like Josh Anderson goes out and gets a massive contract, and he's had some good years, but yep. he's coming off a weird year. And Tom Wilson has a big deal now, and it's almost like they they moved away from those guys so much, but now they're like a um, under fishy efficient. What am I trying to say? They're the market inefficiency is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Yeah. If you can find one, you overpay for them because there's not enough of them anymore is kind of what I was getting at. So well, it's I, an interesting transition from yeah. what it used to be. And I mean, even, even the draft, when I say like Braden Schneider and, and Gooley went higher than I thought they were, it comes down where like, I guarantee you are, you're in the room and some of the guys are going to be saying, where do we find these guys? Where do you find a big physical right-handed defenseman who can transition the puck to? Yeah. And they're not wrong. It's the reality is, especially if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, you're one going, we need to trade for them and then you're like well, where do we get them from and yeah. it's like well, they all have they no move clauses they don't exist <laughs> yeah, like, they're just really really hard to find speak and yeah speaking of the leafs let's just talk really quickly about uh the moves that they've made and i'm wondering mostly about joe thornton there's been a lot of debate is he a fit on the team they're such a speed team skill he comes in he's 41 what role does he play um but how valuable is his presence on a team more than just his skill set diminished or not his presence as a, a big body, a Hall of Famer, uh, what does he bring to the team still at the age of 41, do you think? He brings uh, average production. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I, like, I mean, you can talk all day about um, like if he's another voice in the room and, and it'll just be what it is. I think 
Toronto, once again, they're just a team with as a luxury that they just have more options. Mm -hmm. Usually come time where there's aging forwards or different people that want to play closer to home and they can choose their option of like, hey, why not? Mm -hmm. um, you know, take the Nashville Predators. If you're a Predators fan and you're looking for a third line uh, centerman and they sign Joe Thornton to a 700000 a year, do you, do you not go like, hey, why not? Absolutely. And so, and so I think that's where you are with the Leafs. Like, yeah, maybe there's other players with different dynamics that they could get, but you got Joe Thornton for, for nothing. Yeah. Hey, why not? Um, he, he might be able to bring elements on the power play. He's still really good at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's not speed and skill, but he's still able to, to um, keep possession of the puck. Um, I just think at this point in time, he's, a, he's probably a beautiful human being <laughs> and uh, he produces average. Yeah. to the NHL right now. That's so. fair. Yeah. Um, the last topic we're going to go into, uh, Max, I'll let you go into it, but the All-Canadian Division. Yeah, and you know what? It's kind of funny. We all thought it was uh, uh, maybe a slip-up from Bill Foley in his comments. We were like, oh, does he just think that Nate Schmidt's going to go play in an All-Canadian Division? And then all of a sudden, the eyebrows raised around here. We're like, oh, wait, that could actually be a thing in this landscape of COVID and all these different things. So what do you think that does? I mean, again, I don't necessarily know if it's something the NHL wanted. I don't know if it's necessarily something the NHL needs. But as a business as a whole, if you're going to survive in this COVID economy, you might have to align your divisions a little bit differently. So what impact does that have on the league if you're going to do a total realignment ahead of the 2021 season? Uh, I think Toronto's happy that they're not playing the Bruins. <laughs> Uh, I think <laughs> not wrong. Um, I, I just think uh, it would be fun. Um, mm -hmm. But I think from the NHL standpoint, uh, especially when it comes to borders and there's things that are above their pay grades and you just, you do it however you can. And if that's yeah. the way that you can, and there's no other options and that's what you look to do and you try to form different divisions and stuff like I get it. I mean, it would make sense. It would be crazy fun. There would be a lot mm -hmm. of like, it would be, I think the U.S. would, would mock us a lot and we wouldn't care. We would be like, just quiet down. We were, yeah. us we're Canadians having fun. Give us our like, maple syrup yeah. and our chicken wings and, and leave us alone. Uh, <laughs> but so I don't know. It'd be interesting. It would be, it would be a thing to talk about for a long, long time. But I mean, I don't know. I throw into the category of things that I'd be really excited about, much as like mm -hmm. when they did, uh, you know, the, the young North American team and all yeah. the, all those boys yeah. got to play. It was like, this was crazy. This is weird. How fun was it? So, yeah, that I was mean, awesome. You know, it's funny, uh, those those videos used to pop up on my YouTube suggestions uh, when we first started the, sh the Rod Peterson show, and we had a TV out by the bathroom that's currently not working, but uh, <laughs> it we just had those games on repeat, those World Cup games from that year, and it was, just looking back at some of the rosters, it's like, man, that was fun. Yeah. Like, why why do they go away from fun so much in the NHL? Just just have fun with stuff. Yeah. Do and, more fun stuff. And then you realize, oh, JT Miller was on that team. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I <laughs> know, right? Exactly. It's wild. There was some, yeah, it was awesome. But Joel, before we let you go, I want to let you talk about yourself a little bit, if yeah, you don't sure. mind. Uh, tell us a bit about what you're doing hockey-wise right now, kind of where we where people can find you and follow you, and then a little bit about your music, too. Sure. Uh, most of my stuff is, is available either on FC Hockey or on Dollar Prospects uh, under the Calgary Flames or WHL stuff. Okay. or uh, on Twitter at Dad Hockey Dough. Um, it's one of the best handles in hockey. That <laughs> <It> is. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but I, I just kind of got started a while ago. I'm a musician by trade. I'm a songwriter, and, and I travel uh, a lot. And I got really into the draft. I mean, as a fan, you kind of hear a long time of, like, you build through the draft, build through the draft. And I just thought, like, well, no one really knows anything about the draft. And so I got really fascinated with it. And, uh, and so as I was traveling, I kind of applied and, and started writing for Dauber Prospects because I, I was able to see different players live because I was traveling so much. So I got 
my CHL media pass and et cetera, et cetera. And then this is the second year in a row where I've done my personal WHL rankings. Uh, I think, especially on Twitter, you'll find a lot of people who give big, massive rankings, but I just want to focus on the league. And, and I care as much about a kid who, who uh, maybe was on the cusp of getting drafted from the WHL and might want to make it as a plus one next year, as I do about a kid who went in the first round. So they're all, uh, they're all, you know, good players and good kids and you want to see them have success. But um, so, yeah, I love talking about that. I love talking about the flames, uh, the WHL, especially and all things that, um, and, and scouting just becomes something really fun and it's still pretty new to me. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm only two years into making my own list, but, uh, um, you know, you can go back and look at my rankings and, uh, see if I was right or wrong. And, uh, it's been awesome. I mean, you, you're wrong sometimes, but you know, when you're swinging, you're really right. Um, I had a kid last year as a first year doing it. I just went and looked and there was a kid named Adam Beckman out of uh, Spokane where he was playing a supplemental role. And I went, man, this kid just, I would take him high second round if I could. And I think I ended up settling on, you know, somewhere in the 40 range for him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he went third round and I thought, what a steal. And then he led the WHL in points this year. So so it kind of, you know, you pat yourself on the back when you can. And then whenever you take big losses, you go sweep those under the rug and uh, (laughs) and you keep going. Uh, Just delete that tweet. Yeah. Quick story about Adam Beckman. When he was on the Nippon Hawks one year as a 16, 15, 16 year old, mm-hmm. just for their playoff run. And I saw him because they were playing Estevan in the, in the one uh, series. And I saw him and I was like, how old is that kid? 16? <laughs> Man, he's dominating. He was dominating mm-hmm. that league. So, anyways, um, and your music stuff. Where can they find your music? Uh, so, all my stuff is under Poor Nameless Boy. Uh, so on any platform that you find music as well, it's really, uh, if you can tell from the tone of my voice, it's very mellow, it's relaxed, storytelling um, type of folk Americana music. Yeah, so nice. uh, I've been used to traveling a lot. I've been able in the last number of years to 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 have the benefit of traveling to a number of countries. So I miss that. So it's just been a lot of uh, watching hockey from my my uh, <laughs> my place. Well, you're doing great at everything, Joel. So keep doing all of it and your TikTok as well. Please keep it going. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Love man. that stuff. And uh, we'll get you back in here before it's too long. Uh, Absolutely. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, stick with us. We're going to a break. After the break, Chris Unschreiner from RBI Baseball is joining us. So uh, we'll talk World Series. We'll talk about RBI and a lot more. So stay tuned. We'll see you in a sec. Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain from PO creation to expediting your shipments all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. Everyday hoop life. Does this look familiar? Your fans deserve an incredible arena experience. It's time for an upgrade. Stunning graphics. Revenue opportunities are just the beginning with our in-venue display systems and scoring technology. Let us help you find the best solution for your facility. DDG, always delivering the best fan experience. Find us at ddgregina.com. He's covering everything that matters to you. It's the Rod Peterson Show. 
Tune in live Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon to catch the show live and be a part of the action. Take control by commenting live and sharing the show with your friends. IKS Live. IKS Live. Western Canada's premier production services company. LED. LED sign rental. Video. Video production. Event, event management. Look no further than IKS Live. Visit our website. IKS Live. Always the best seat in the house. IKS Live. Okay, we are back, and we are in the studio with another special guest, one of our good friends from RBI Baseball Training and Softball, Chris Unschreiner. Thanks for tuning in, coming in today, I guess I should say. Not tuning in, you're here. He was yeah. tuning in. Though. You were watching, I now was. you're here. Yeah, um, good to be here, guys. How you doing? I'm good. I'm you good. just I'm came excited. from a training session, by the sounds of it. Yeah, we've been rolling since about 4.30 today. That's unreal. And uh, we're going until 9.30 tonight, so we got some of our coaches out there working right now. Shout out to uh, Brandon Rodmacher and a few others. Who else is out there right now? Uh, Tanner Rings out there. Tanner Ringer's out there. Hey, buddies. And yeah, uh, our young gun, Dylan Soli, is out there running, oh, my, running the show. My too. good buddy, Dylan Soli. That's right. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, I also help out out there. I have. Uh, it's been a bit of a crazy schedule the last little while, but I'll bit. get back I'm out begging, there eventually. I'm begging to get you back out. I'll if get you there. saw a slow pitch numbers last oh, week, Chris, you might want to reconsider that. But it was Usually a rough you're good. Week. What's going on? I know. It, just, it was a rough week. I was off mentally. I was wearing jeans. I didn't have my my batting gloves and it was bad oh, it was bad no that's a struggle that's um <laughs> we'll get back to rbi in a sec chris but first off major league baseball playoffs have been rolling we're now into the world series game one dodgers are up four one i think four one bottom five in, yeah. right now so let's talk about the playoffs as a whole have you been checking out much of it and what have your what are your thoughts on it so far i've been trying to um it's good to see fans in the stands yeah um I know that that wouldn't happen here, but I guess everything in Texas. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's been good. I, it, obviously, the atmosphere is getting a little bit more normal. Um, I'm sure the players are enjoying that, but it's been good. Uh, it's been exciting baseball. The the two the two top seeds, one and two, they went with that seeding system this year, the one mm-hmm. and two being at it. Um, it's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be a long series. Was there a team in the playoffs this year that you kind of hoped went all the way? Well, aside from the Jays. Well, okay. <laughs> we all hoped for yeah. that, and we were um, outside of the down Jays. horribly. <laughs> you know what? I don't mind how it's played out. Um, I would have probably liked to see either the Braves or San Diego, mm. uh, just because they're so young and so talented. But the fact that the Dodgers have been in it so many years, I, I think it's like eight consecutive years they've won the National League yeah. or won their division. Yeah. Um, as much as I'd love to see the underdogs uh Rays win I don't know if it'll happen but it would be nice to see the Dodgers win and get Kershaw that championship he's won every single award except for it and that's what I said earlier Chris you might have missed it but um we were talking about how if there's any player in the league that I would cheer for the not underdog team for it would be Clayton Kershaw Kershaw, there's so much respect for that guy and just the fact that he's gotten so close so many times and just hasn't been able to finish it off is it's like I kind of just want him to get it, and then the Dodgers can f off and stop exactly. stop being good for a <laughs> exactly. while. Exactly, and then we can stop go back being... to cheering for the San Francisco Giants with yep. that. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> <I> did. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know what? I think the Rays—they're um, exciting. They're 
they're the underdogs. It's always really easy to cheer for for the underdogs. Um, but with the moves that the Dodgers made, I mean, I was just watching right before I came on here, and and Mookie Betts Mookie Betts stole two bases <laughs> and then scored on a on a ground ball to first base with the infield in. Yeah. Like, I mean, that move alone. Yeah. Um, that's probably going to put them over yeah. and, and get them to the top. But it's almost like he's worth three hundred million dollars or something. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> he's almost. a pretty good player. Yeah, he's been all right. He's a guy who I was like, they're giving him three hundred million dollars, and then like the second he started playing, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I remember. And you forget like with yeah. how like how big he plays. He's like mm-hmm. he's tiny. five foot eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hundred and seventy pounds, soaking wet, and just a dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Given given hopes for the small guys all over the That's place. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah. You talked about the World Series. Let's let's talk about the jays a little bit um just really quick uh obviously it's been a kind of a weird year but they did pretty decently this year um in terms of expectations they probably exceeded it for a lot of people yep um and then obviously they have that young core but their pitching is kind of in flux like what what did you think about the jays from what you saw and what you heard and read and uh, Um, where do you think they're going with the with the short with the small sample size that we got honestly i think if they're playing a full season um, and they even went with that seating system. They're probably still. I don't think they're going to be there. Um, I think with that sixty games, sixty game season they went with, you get hot and you stay kind of hot, and then you get hot again. Um, that doesn't last in a full hundred and hundred and sixty two season or sixty two game season or whatever it is. So um, they're exciting. They're young. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the fact that they got their feet wet in this weird playoff system um, definitely will do favors for them. Yeah. Um, because I can say they got there, mm-hmm. even though some people will probably say it, it doesn't count. Yeah. But, um, Greg Zahn kind of had an opinion yeah, about that. That, hey? was, <laughs> that was good. I tuned into that one. That was good. Yeah. But um, regardless if it didn't count or did count, mm-hmm. um, they got the experience of playing in a legitimate series versus that one-off wildcard game. Yep. And um, you know what? The, the Rays kind of laid it to them, but it still the they saw success they got their butts handed to them a few games in a row against the yankees but then they gave it right back to them mm. um and, and so, they beat, such a weird that was a weird that was a weird stretch yeah resiliency out of a young ball club yeah. is good to see though right yeah. i mean it's good to see that they literally got beat 20 to 3 that no that wasn't a slow pitch score they got beat 20 to 3 and then a week later they come and they tune them right back yeah. in it was awesome to see anyways yeah sure. and that's and that you know what like they had that six games where they lost in a row but then yeah right away it was like let's go smash some the big boys around type of yeah. thing right so i think you know maybe next year they're going to be in the hunt they're probably going to see themselves on the outside still looking in but um mm-hmm. if they in the next couple of years can lock up some some starting pitching and i mean their bullpen is not terrible mm-hmm. they're young i it's mean he's young um, got some guys but they're if they can if they can shore up one legitimate starter yeah. ryu is is a good two mm-hmm. i don't think he's an ace so well, they showed. Get, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think if they can if they can get a, a legitimate one and then have Ryu as a as a two or even bring somebody else, they're they could probably find themselves in the hunt in twenty twenty two, I would think. And like you look at the World Series and how it's developed, right? You've got two teams with front of the rotation power. You've got 
two legitimate number one guys in Walker Bueller and Clayton Kershaw on the one side for the Dodgers. You've got Blake Snell and Tyler Glasnow. Glasnow's still a little bit young and yeah. kind of stepping into his own, but man, he's been good this fall. And I agree with you 100%, Chris, right? It's Can you get that guy to insulate Ryu a little bit more? And I don't know if Tawan Walker's the guy, and I don't know if a free agent class is really impending that's going to maybe provide us that guy. But yeah, no, it's like you said, kind of comes down to having those two guys in the pitching hole to be able to get you to that fall classic right? yeah i mean pitching is it, pitching gets you there obviously mm -hmm. everybody's talking about offense and and hitting the home run and scoring big runs but mm -hmm. you're not seeing aside from what was it game five or whatever it was where the dodgers beat the braves like 15 to 2 yeah otherwise like it's not like it's 15 14 ball games no. it's like you need pitching yeah you, absolutely it, and that's how it's always been Colin McAnulty out of Ottawa asks, is a best of three a legitimate series? And I will answer that by saying no, but neither is a 60-game season. So mm -hmm. yep. you take what you can take. Yeah, uh, that's right. We had a playoff series, a postseason, and I'm pretty pumped that we were able to see playoff baseball. Oh, yeah. I know. There, I wasn't optimistic no. early on. That first week was... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cardinals and trouble. the Nationals uh, and the who else? Everybody. Phillies, the Marlins. <laughs> uh, yeah. They all get it. But anyways, yeah. we got through it. Speaking of that, perfect segue, Chris. You mm -hmm. nailed the segue here. <laughs> COVID and all the stuff that's happening. How did that affect minor baseball in... Let's stick with Canada because that's where your wheelhouse is. Yep. But how did it affect how the summer went for you? Not for you specifically, because I know you guys are more training in the winter and off-season <laughs> stuff, but you do camps in the summer. Yep. Uh, so how did that change how you guys did stuff? How did it change minor baseball? And what's it kind of look like uh, going forward? Is there any talks about next year yet? Yeah, so obviously March rolls around and, and everybody's kind of getting prepped um you know that's when all the evaluations are running for all the leagues yeah and um we got a portion of the evaluations done and i then, did i did yeah, most of them you were there exactly. <laughs> yeah, i was there <laughs> um so we're you know we're a third or or halfway through these evaluations for all the leagues here in the city and then uh and then all of a sudden it just like somebody pressed the, the pause button yeah. and we're like okay what do we do here and nobody knew what to do nobody could make any decisions because Nobody knew it was going to happen. Yeah. And um, so everything kind of obviously pushed back. All of our programs were, were put on hold. Um, and then, yeah, like, and uh, it felt like the end of summer is when we started. Yeah. Um, a lot of the leagues, they actually ended up getting a month and a half, two-month season, which is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. The weather was obviously huge, hugely mm -hmm. helpful. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like these kids are starting their season when they're typically done. Right. Um, and what we saw a lot with minor ball is the numbers weren't crazy low. Like you'd almost expect them to be at like half. Yeah. And they're about three quarters of the numbers. So it's 75% isn't bad considering the league didn't really get started until yeah. July. Yeah. Um, as far as development, um, you know, all the national tournaments were canceled. All the big tournaments were canceled. Yeah. Um, for next year, who knows? Obviously, there's lots of decisions to be made, but lots of time for that. So. There's a yeah, lot exactly. of there's a lot of young kids that, when you look at the at baseball in Saskatchewan, you know this is a for a bunch of ages. This is a big year. Um, mm -hmm. You know whether they're 13 looking to finally get on the radar, mm -hmm. if they're 15 and they're trying to break through because they were just there when they were 13, if they were you know, potentially going to be a Canada Cup kid or a, or a Team Sask high performance kid, yeah. and then it was just 
Nothing. Um, so, you know, obviously we've been doing our best to do the whole online thing, get video sent in and, and, and not to mention. Great job on that, kids. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I was following along all, all uh, summer. You must've gotten jacked from all the pushups you guys were doing and the burpees and yeah, uh, yeah. sit-up challenges or whatever. And, yeah. yeah. You know what? It was, that was fun. That was, um, <laughs> that was just getting the kids to, to kind of keep going. Um, mm-hmm. and then, I mean, we were stuck at home, so yeah. I wasn't. I don't have a home gym, so it was a nice way to work out, dude. For, <laughs> for reference, what Chris did uh, and your other instructors as well, Rod yeah, Mocker yeah, was whole, in there, and I didn't yeah, see Tanner ben ben a lot in of Zodal did some. Jordan did a little bit of yeah. fielding. Ben did some. Hitting. So I did some what he, hitting, yeah. what their instructors did at RBI was challenged all the kids that normally go there to do workouts at home. Yep. And then if they did them, they send them a video and then the coaches had to do a workout challenge in order because yep. they did it. So I th- I loved it. That was awesome. I yeah, was super a, I was yeah, following a, along. A big series of videos we were, we were kind of going like a month and a half, 2 months yeah. where we were just every day we were at the facility um yeah. just trying to get I mean there was like two of us in there because we were closed. Yeah. Um and just trying to do what we could, you know, show these kids drills that they can do at home that That's awesome. um kind of keeps on you know, because they were halfway through their programs, like mm-hmm. they were week four of eight, mm-hmm. and then it was going to be season. So they're a month where it was like time to get rolling, yeah. and just kind of keep them going, uh, just to, yeah, just to keep going. We had our softball ladies do some stuff for the softball girls too, and um, that's what it's about. I mean, it's if if they can't get into the facility, then we want to make sure that we can help them out any way we can. Yeah, that's awesome. So speaking of that, you guys are back up and running. Uh, Kayla, let's throw that logo up here. RBI, uh, just on the east side of Regina. Uh, it's a great facility. You got a few lanes. You got some the hit tracks machine that uh, can track mm-hmm. launch angle and bat speed and all sorts of stuff. It's unreal. Um, so you guys are, are uh, back up and running. What's going on there? Are there still spots for kids looking to get better this winter? Like, uh, Just kind of pump pump RBI a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, so we uh, we started back up. Right after Thanksgiving, um, so we're in our what we call Block One programs. Softball is about to start next week. We're doing an eight-week program with them. Um, but yeah, we got hitting, pitching, fielding work, catchers. We got a new strength and conditioning program that uh, Coach Paul Vogelsang is running. Oh, it's um, not a bad guy. Another, to have another beauty. Program, we got a bunch yeah. of beauties That's out there. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and we got an all-star cast of instructors, and we'll get Clark out here in no time. We'll see. Possibly. Um, I don't know if I match up. He, some he of those might guys, be a little bit busy breaking down the Toronto right. Maple Leafs oh, for uh, minor league signing of the week. Yeah. But. but yeah, you know what? Somebody's like, got to do it. Somebody, yeah. There's not enough Maple Leafs coverage. No, out there. there definitely isn't. No, yeah. no, no. But yeah, we're we're rolling. We're uh, we're at we're we're not at 100 percent capacity. Um, there's always space to to add kids in. Um, we have obviously a whole bunch of new procedures we need to follow. Yeah. Um, and it's it's been a blast. It's just been a blast to be back out there working and, and getting these kids back into it. From awesome. the kids and parents who have come back, what have they been saying? And there's Tanner Ring, speaking of Tanner yeah. Ring. Apparently hey, he's supposed doing... to be working. Yeah, yeah. Don't, you, don't you have a class, Tanner? Like, this is <laughs> typical of this kid, That's hey? Right. Cardinals um, fans. For the kids and parents who have come back, uh, what has been some of your feedback in terms of the procedures you guys have had to do? Because I know um, you guys have changed quite a bit. You have the... the in, disinfectant spray and you got Mm -hmm. the different buckets of balls for every player and all sorts of stuff. How has it gone? Yeah, it's been really good. Um, So we limit all of our groups to, you know, eight kids, six kids, um, obviously based around the ratio for, for player to coach. But then we have to make sure that, you know, the numbers that we're approved for to have in our building are under that number. Um, So we do have a no parents 
policy just because we use the whole lobby area to section off for the players. Yeah. Um, every kid gets a one of our face coverings, our buffs that we got made up, nice. um, which I got a couple for you guys. Oh, Custom nice. RBI ones. Um, but the nice part about Perks. the space that we have out there, it's, it's I mean, it's huge. So yeah. really in any sort of a program, like the kids are 15, 20 feet apart from each other anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's, there's rules in place and, you know, they got to sanitize, they got to get their temperature checked. They got to, Oh, you can go as far as the temperature. check. Yeah. You know what? We're, we're going to go above and beyond SAS, SAS health gave us kind of an outline and we sent them and we said, well, that's good, but let's, let's go beyond because why not? Let's make sure that we're covering all of our bases. That's awesome. Uh, bases, good word because it's baseball. Um, (laughs) uh, let's do a little bit of a plug here. Where can everybody find you and, uh, get hold of you guys? Yeah. So we're super active on Instagram and, uh, and Facebook. That's kind of our two main platforms. We put the Facebook in the comments. If you're Mm -hmm. watching and you're curious, click that and go like their page. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, www.rbitraining.com. Um, all of our stuff is online. All of our videos, we post videos a ton on Instagram and and Facebook, even if the kids aren't able to get to the facility we're we're not gonna we're not gonna cut them out um there's no secrets here and all of the stuff that we do in our programs anybody can see it and you know what we want to make sure that these kids are getting better at home we want to make sure that the that the coach dads are are speaking the same language yeah. um because yeah there's no secrets all the best coaches want to make sure there's other best coaches out there too mm-hmm. absolutely yeah great so, message yeah and uh yeah otherwise it's we're, we're rolling, man. That's we're great. Rolling. It's great. It's well, make sure you guys check them out. Um, I clicked off my script, but uh, yeah, make sure you check them out for RBI. Uh, they are a good partner of ours, and we're happy to have you guys on board. And we'll do this again. Maybe you or maybe one of the other yeah. energy-filled coaches will oh, come oh. out. And uh, Uh-oh. I'm worried already. <laughs> not, not Tanner Ring, though. He's never no, set no, in foot. No, no, there's not a lot of energy there. <laughs> no, he's never set in foot. Poor in Tanner. Studio. He's never been on the That's show. Shout out to uh, Landon Edelman, perennial <laughs> yeah. second place finisher to myself and Chris's teams back in minor baseball. <laughs> That's right. Um, sorry, Landon. But you know, it's, you're you, know it's, you know it's you know it's the crafty lefty, the yeah. crafty lefty. <laughs> well, New Zealand, Landon, where'd you play? New Zealand? Yeah, he was pro uh, ball I think, in his, New Zealand? I think his grandma was or grandma or grandpa was from New Zealand. Yeah, so he, nice. crazy. He uh, he got to do the haka at uh, at oh, kind of a World Baseball Classic that's qualifier. Cool. Yeah. I don't know if New Zealand, obviously, Landon, you'll probably reply, but I don't know if New Zealand advanced beyond that initial game. Well, if Landon was involved, probably of, not. There's, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding, Jeez. Landon. You were there. I wasn't. Yeah. So you, I don't have much to say. Well, yeah, there's, there's video out there. I'm sure you guys could see it of, of that whole group doing the haka. Yeah. It was pretty it was pretty cool. I'm sure that meant a lot to him and his family. Absolutely. Awesome. Such a cool story. I remember I remember seeing that and I'm like, Edelman's playing for New Zealand? What? Anyways, it's pretty cool how yeah. that ended up happening. So uh, that'll do it for us here tonight. We're a little over time, but not that bad, Jordan and Kayla. Yeah. So hopefully you guys aren't sweating back there. But probably though. tomorrow on the Rod Peterson Show, we have Mike Abumeshra coming in studio. TSN 1260 Edmonton's Dustin Nielsen is joining us to talk Oilers uh, and some CFL stuff because there is some juicy tidbits coming out of the CFL. Oh, boy. Um, not ones that you want to hear. Oh, Matt, <laughs> Matt Dunstone of Team Dunstone, who just came off a big curling event this weekend, uh, a big Sask Super Series, Sask Men's Super Series. Superstad, uh, Vaderstad? Vaderstad is the sponsor, Super Series. And uh, yeah, they are coming off a big championship win in that little series. So um, bringing him in to talk about curling. And uh, our good friend, who's going to be on the show next week, this show, uh, the Rod Peterson Show director of scouting, Craig Smith. We're going to talk some NFL with him next week on this show. 
I'm interested and you're interested. This yeah. is going to be a good one. Sportsnet's Ken Reed is going to join us from the Sportsnet Central Studios. That's exciting. I'm halfway through his book. I got to finish it before. He just released a book. Uh, yeah. And Max is power reading it. I am. Uh, it's good. a good one. It's about uh, guys who scored one goal in their NHL yep. career. So one it's to remember. A lot of interesting stories there. We'll get into it with Ken Reed. Uh, we also have, like I said, Craig Smith, two time Grey Cup champion. We're going to talk NFL with Craig. So join us next week, same time, Tuesday nights. Uh, so check us out again. Thanks for tuning in tonight for all those who did. And uh, from the basement of the bunker, we are signing off. I am producer Clark, Mad Max. Thanks for hanging out tonight. And director Jordan, producer Kayla are in the back, plus our good friends at Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions, IKS Media, Vigor Lifestyles, the shirt, uh, Hoop Life Basketball, and Chris, RBI Baseball. And we will see you next week. Again, I don't like this, but no we, squad out. Okay, we're gonna have a contest. Take care, guys. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> we'll work on it. But next time. <laughs>